Father, we thank you and praise you for the privilege to be partakers of this Christmas uh, service. We thank you and we exalt you. As we share in your word, we open our hearts unto you. Teach us by your spirit and let your name be praised in the name of Jesus. Merry Christmas, everyone. I would like to thank the Venerable, the chaplains, and the entire chapel council for giving me the privilege to share this um, Christmas message. It's indeed a privilege, and I thank them. Uh, the Venerable has already given us the Christmas church last Sunday at the Christmas carol. But Paul, writing to the Philippians, in Philippians 3.1, said, To write the same things to you again is not burdensome, and for you is a safeguard. So if we say the same things again, it's for a safeguard. So our topic today is the Nativity of Christ, or in simple English, the birth of Jesus Christ. In addition to the passages we had read earlier, I also want us to read Isaiah 9. 6 and 7. If you get it, you can read. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with the judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Yes, so today is Christmas, and on Christmas Day we uh, commemorate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. It's not relevant whether December 25th is the actual date of the birth of our Lord or not. What is important is that Jesus actually came and was born in the form of a man. So that the Jesus came and came for us, came to save us. That he was born is the relevant thing. So today we remembered his birth and is a thing of joy. Over the years, Christmas has meant different things to different people. For some, it's a time to travel to the village to fraternize with your kid and kin. In fact, in some communities, they make it compulsory periodically for people to come back. You hear of mass return, that this year we'll have a mass return. If you come, don't come back, you're sanctioned. For other people, it's a time to display our wealth to display a lot of materialism. We buy new cars or refurbish the old one. It's time for um, getting into our new buildings, doing our housewarming, wearing new clothes, new hairdos, and displaying a lot of things. And there's overt or covert uh, subtle competitions. That's everybody wants and uh, that kind of a thing. So comparing themselves with themselves. And that is one of the things why at this period that you have a lot of crime. 
People need to make money at all costs so as to also have something to show for Christmas. You have a lot of extortions and uh, criminal activities and all that to raise money. Yet, for others, Christmas is a time of indulging in all kinds of things, in gluttony. People eat and eat that there is no tomorrow, in drunkenness, in illicit sex. Little wonder, after one of the after effects of Christmas, you start having a rise in incidents of sexually transmitted infections or wanted pregnancy. All these are things that we have converted Christmas to. But to us believers, what is Christmas? What should Christmas be? We always say Christ is the reason for the season. It should actually be a time of great rejoicing for us Christians. Why should it be a time of great rejoicing? It's because it's the beginning of the consummation of God's redemptive plan for us. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned, God began his redemptive plan. We read that in the uh, Christmas carol of uh, last week. We started from there. In Genesis 3.15, God said, The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And Jesus is that seed of the woman that crushed the head of the serpent. So God's redemptive plan started from when our first parents sinned. Then in the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer, they were offered for the cleansing of the sins of man. But they could not take away sins. This we find in Hebrews 10.4. Then Hebrews 10.5 tells us, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So at the fullness of time, in God's redemptive plan, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that's the word of God, was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's in John 1, 4. So a body was prepared for the Lord Jesus Christ. He became incarnate of Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was born in a manger. So that was the beginning of consummation of God's redemptive plan. So it's something we should actually rejoice about for so great a salvation that God has given us. In the uh, gospel reading we read today, the angels who understood this God's redemptive plan, they gave praise to God at the birth of Jesus. Like if you take some of the key verses in that uh, passage, that the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around, around them. Then in verse 10, he said, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, and it is for everyone. The most joyful news ever announced. So the birth of Christ is the most joyful news ever announced, and that is why we ought to celebrate Christmas, praising and thanking this God who has so loved us, and giving us such a great salvation. And in verse 11, it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Then in verses 13 and 14, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising, uh, praising God and saying, Gloria in the Chelsea, that's glory to God in the highest. 
and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the angels celebrated the birth of Christ. They, they rejoiced and praised God that a Savior had been born. And even the shepherds they ministered to, they also went and confirmed the, what had been told them. And when they confirmed that, they also glorified God and praised God. So as we too commemorate the birth of Christ, we ought to rejoice and praise God and thank him for the salvation that he has given us. Then where we write in Isaiah says, Unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Some translations join two of them together. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But these are not his names only. He has so many other titles. He is also Emmanuel, God with us. That's in Matthew 1.23. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, in Revelation uh, 22.13. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, in Revelation 19.16. He's the Word of God, in Revelation 19.13. He's the bright morning star, in Revelation 22.16. He is the Lord of all, in Acts 10.36, and so many, many more. Now, as a person, what do these titles mean to you? When we say, the, a child, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be called a wonderful counselor. What does that mean to you as a person? Has he been your wonderful counselor? No one teaches like him. If we submit to him, he's ever willing to teach us. So are we at any crossroad in our lives? Are we looking unto him as a wonderful counselor from whom to take counsel at this crossroad? He requires of us that we come to him. Like he says in Matthew 11:29, Come to me, all ye labor, and a heavy laden, and you find rest for your souls. Learn of me. So he wants us to learn of him. As we learn of him, he becomes a wonderful counselor, and he teaches like no other. Then also, he says, this child that will be born unto us, he will be called a mighty God and the everlasting Father. This year has been a difficult one, a challenging one. Have we found in Christ a mighty God? Have we found in him everlasting Father? Perhaps throughout this year, there are things you have believed God for. You have wrestled in prayer over them. You have fasted. You have confessed God's word. You have battled in prayer over them. And the year is coming to an end. And it seems the answers have not been obtained. Don't cast away your confidence because it has a great recompense of reward. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the mighty God, the God who is more than enough. He's still the everlasting Father. Hold on to Him. Don't give up. Don't get to your, uh, the limit of your elasticity and break. No. 
Continue to hold unto this mighty God, unto this everlasting Father. Your testimony is maybe much nearer than you anticipated. That same passage also says that you will be called the Prince of Peace. I don't know if we have this peace which the Prince of Peace gives, no matter the circumstances around us. It's not dependent on what is happening around us, but it's dependent on the fact that we are looking onto this Prince of Peace, onto this Son that has been born to us. Are we passing through any mental stress? Are there things that have taken away our peace? Can be a difficult marriage, a strange child, dwindling business, whatever it is that has challenged us, is it health challenges? Let us come to this Prince of Peace. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Prince of Peace is able to give us rest. Whatever it is we, have, we may have labored under, what he expects of us is to bring it to him. So as we celebrate this Christmas, let us bring those things that have taken our peace to his feet so that we'll find rest for our souls. He assures us in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 and says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So as we celebrate the Christmas, may our minds be stayed on Jesus in this season so that we can find peace for our souls. Matthew one twenty one also says, concerning this son that has been born unto us, concerning this prince of peace, you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus came primarily to save us from our sins. And as we commemorate his birth today, if you have not met with this Jesus, who came primarily to save us. Today can be that day in your life. Make a room for him in your heart. Whoever comes to him, he likewise does not cast away. And if we come to him, we can find peace for our souls. We can find rest for our souls. That yearning for God that has been in our heart, which has not been met, as we make room for Jesus in our heart, he can fill up that cup and give us a new life in him and give, um, give us a new beginning. And it's not just about um, his saving grace. It's not just about the new birth. Even for us that are already Christians, Jesus is able to liberate us from the yoke of every besetting sin because he's able to save to the uttermost all that come to him. His name shall be called Jesus because he will save their people, his people from their sins. So it's just, just about the new birth, but from every besetting sin, he's also able to save us. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So that's why I'm saying that he not only gives us the new birth, but he also enables us to die daily to the flesh, to the human nature, with his passions and desires, 
and enable us to live victorious uh, Christian lives, reflecting his righteousness and being partakers of his divine nature so that our life really shines forth for him. So that when we profess to be Christians, our life does not show a different thing. But he saves us to the uttermost and gives us the power to live out that new life indeed. And people will see our life and give praise to our Father who is in heaven. So as we celebrate Christmas, let us allow Jesus to actually dominate us, rule us, reign in us. Let his lordship be established in us. And um, as we conclude, it's also important to, as the, uh, to remind us again, as the choir reminded us in their last carol of last Sunday, <coughs> that um, Christmas is also a time to show love to us others. They, in their last carol, they, they sang that love is my Christmas uh, gift. And God started it by demonstrating his love for us by giving us his son. So this son that he gave to us, he gave um, Jesus to us out of his love, out of the love that he had for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he started with the Christmas gift of giving us um, his son. As we celebrate this Christmas, I don't know if you have touched any life in this season, if you have not touched any life, touch one today, and Christ will be, uh, God will bless you. He will be happy with you. So share with others is part of what Christmas reminds us about. And as we conclude, the first prophecy says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That was a prophecy given many, many years before Christ was born. And at the fullness of time, God brought it uh, to pass. So this son that has been given, there are still other prophecies given about him concerning his um, second coming. We can look at Acts chapter 1 verse 11 as we conclude. If you get it, you can read. Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen go into heaven. Okay, this same Jesus, that after Jesus had risen, was um, talking with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. Then suddenly, while they were looking at him, he was taken up to heaven, and they were there gazing up in the sky. Then the angel uh, appeared to them and said, This same Jesus you saw going up to heaven, in the same way you saw him go up, he will also come back. That is just one of the prophecies about his second coming. So if the prophecy about his first coming came to be fulfilled, and we are having a remembrance of it today, this prophecy about his second coming, at God's fullness of time, will also come to fulfillment. We don't know when it will be. It can even be this Christmas season. So the onus on us is to prepare because we don't know when it will be. And his coming again is not to be born in a manger. He's not coming again to be a sin. He's coming to take those who are waiting for his salvation 
as Hebrews 9.27 makes us to understand. So as we celebrate the Christmas, let us be conscious that this son is coming again and prepare to meet him so that his coming does not take us on our ways. Let us pray. So I want you to um, talk to the Lord. Thank him for the gift of this son. Thank him for the redemption of your souls. Thank him for this for so great a salvation that he has given unto us. It's out of the love he has for us. He did not want us to perish eternally. That at the fullness of time he sent his only son. What the blood of bulls and goats, what the ashes of heifer could not do, the blood of Jesus did for us as he offered himself once for us for the redemption of our souls. Thank God for so great a salvation. And as you thank him, I want you also to ask this Prince of Peace to give peace to your souls. Are there things for which you have trusted him which have not come to pass? Even now, mention them again, once again to the Lord. And the peace of soul, the peace of mind which Christ gives, first by redeeming us from our sins. If you have not had a one-on-one experience of this peace, of this salvation that Jesus gives, today is yet another opportunity to make peace with him. He stands at the door of our hearts knocking. Anyone that opens the door, he he lets him in. Is Christianity for us a family tradition? Because the family does it, we we also uh, move along with them. One-on-one, have we taken a personal decision for Christ? Today is yet another opportunity to take this personal decision as our venerable praise for us. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is Jesus, J-S-U-S, He is the King. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you because we are privileged people. Now are we a people of God. Before we were just creatures. We were in existence. We were just roaming, wandering, waking with the day, going to bed with the night. We are no different from the chicken that woke up with the morning and went to bed with darkness. But with the light of Jesus shining into the recesses of our heart, darkness could not comprehend it. Lord of sin could not comprehend it. The power of the devil could not withhold it. And Lord, that light shone into our hearts and we became living beings, not just physically, but spiritually. Dead in sin before, separated from you outside the commonwealth of Israel, but brought back into the company of the firstborn, the heavenly Jerusalem, the company of those who are named of you, of which Jesus himself is the first begotten, of which the apostles and the prophets, we are the foundation layers, of which Jesus our master, our savior, our Lord is the chief cornerstone. 
We thank you for this privilege in the name of Jesus Christ. We sing his praise. We sing his glory. We acknowledge his majesty and any life and every life into whom he ascends and he assumes ascendancy and remains at the center is never the same. All things pass away. All things become new. Lord, reenact this again and again in our lives, even on a day like this, and going forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you because Christ came. Thank you because in a sin-laden world, in a crooked and perverse generation, in which the imagination of man's heart was continually evil, even with our inventions, even with our scientific advances, we went further and further away from you, acknowledging the created thing now as God. Hailing science and our inventions now as the new God. Yet, you had mercy. Yet, you had a plan. Yet, you knew what the mysteries of this world could not have comprehended. For if they knew, they would not have crucified the king of glory. That he would don humanity. And on a day like this, venture into our space. Venture into our lives. Break the burden and the yoke of sin, the burden and the yoke of humanism, the burden and the yoke of naturalism, the burden and the yoke of godlessness, the burden and the yoke of the new age movements, and implant a new beginning. Thank you that we are beneficiaries of such in the name of Jesus. If Christ had not come, what a chaos, what a difficulty, what a crisis after crisis. But thank you. We are grateful and we give you praise and we give you glory. And we acknowledge your majesty, you who have come, not only to give peace, but to also save from our sins and the burden thereof. May the liberty which you came to bring be ours completely in every realm of life in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, today as we celebrate even the memorial of your coming to die, to pay the price for our sins, to shed the blood. May we who drink this cup give new life to others in the name of Jesus. Share this message of hope to others and give to our dying and groping world a new hope, a new dawn. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor, the everlasting Father, the mighty God. He's still around and is ready to assume his place in every life. May this message reverberate through our life, through our giving, and through the rest of our days in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name, O God. We worship you. We extol your majesty. We acknowledge your goodness. And we say thank you for coming into our space and into our world to pay our price. And to redeem us, that we who live, no longer live unto the world fashions. No longer live unto the trends, but are controlled and live unto you. Who have come, and who paid the price, and who died, and rose again. Defeating sin, the world and the devil. So may we remain victorious 
today and the other days following in the name of Jesus Christ. Victorious of sin, victorious over the devil, victorious over the world, victorious over vicissitudes, victorious over transient challenges. Lord, under your canopy and under the worship of Jesus, we say every knee of those challenges, they bow in the name of Jesus Christ. To you remain the glory as our joy remains full and reverberates to others. Thank you for the privilege of a Christmas in which you have invaded our space and brought joy and brought hope and brought peace and brought reconciliation. We are grateful and we say, Lord, extend same also to our nation. All the nooks and crannies, all the north and south, the east and the west, the borders, Extend same to our nation. Extend same to the hearts of our leaders in high places. Extend same to the hearts of our leaders in the presidency, in the judiciary, as well as also, Lord, in the legislature. Let Christ be born anew in their hearts. That true wisdom and true fear of God and true godliness and righteousness may exalt our nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. For every other place where there is, Lord, violence, where there is darkness, where there is shedding of blood, Father, in our nation and across the world, extend your peace. Lord, as they have opportunity to hear about the Prince of Peace, may they have the same opportunity to embrace the same Prince of Peace, Jesus, who will grant them a new wave and a new war and a new lifestyle. To fight and live for. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I need for